Hey everybody, and welcome to the Spliff Podcast. I'm your host, Bo Nellis, and this is episode 88. We're going to talk about cannabis hyperemesis, or cannabis hyperemesis syndrome, also known as CHS. It's going to be a shorter podcast for sure, because frankly, it's kind of a newer topic in, in the whole cannabis world. As always, our opening segment, Stoner Moments, last week I talked more about concentrates and the specifics of different forms of concentrates. One of the things that I left out that I mentioned about other concentrates when I was going over some of the specifics was the coloring of butters and waxes, which can also be rosin coins, certainly. Um, And those can be a very, very blonde, almost white looking to an amber brown or even to a really dark brown, often resembling the very old school hash variations, which is probably why I was like, yeah, I went over that. But butter as a concentrate, as a solution concentrate, can have just as wide a a coloring as the non-solution forms of hash. Another thing that I wanted to clarify was I said that sometimes butters and waxes retain more of plant wax material. And in in some cases, that's true. Like they definitely have more wax than full spectrums or uh, distillates, but not necessarily more than a shatter. And in fact, sometimes people prefer that kind of texture. So they manipulate the chemical composition and... They'll, they'll whip their product during a certain part of the purge process. So it's really more chemistry than anything else. Last donor moment that I wanted to throw on to everything is going back to me wanting a female-friendly sesh. Well, my feed kind of blew up with people tagging me in this ganja goddess getaway thing, which is an all-female cannabis retreat. It sounds awesome and like a severe end of the spectrum that I was looking for. I mean, I just wanted to go and get super stoned and not feel too inadequate to hang out with stoner boys, quite frankly. But uh, yeah, I'm all for it. So if you're a lady and you want to meet other ladies who like to smoke weed, maybe you should hit up the Ganja Goddess Getaway. I'll throw up a link on the website. Oh my god, I almost forgot the most exciting news. I met with the community development director yesterday, and we had an amazing discussion about the potential future of medical cannabis in my city and uh, the kinds of things that our city council might want to hear. Uh, community development uh, is the, uh, the section of the city that presents these plans to city council. And the city attorney was actually supposed to be there, but unfortunately he was sick. But that is a really auspicious sign, you guys. Apparently the city attorney was like, this chick is never going to leave us alone, so we might as well meet with her. It's like, fuck yes, that's right. Just an open willingness to actually start working on this. I am so excited, you guys. It's going to be probably at least another year before anything actually comes into fruition with the permits. But but the ball is officially rolling. We are officially going to be creating a plan to present to the city council and those motherfuckers better pass it because that's what the voters want. I'm so excited, you guys. It really did make every boring city council meeting totally worth it. So 
I just, I wanted to share all my happy news with you guys. Keep fighting the great fight. All right. So the topic this week is cannabis hyperemesis, which is a fancy way of saying puking a lot because you smoked weed. Severe vomiting, though, specifically. Cannabis-induced vomiting. And there are two major theories currently circulating around this. One is that it is cannabinoid-based and that your body is rejecting the THC. The other is that it is an adulterant-based issue, and a lot of sources seem to point towards neem oil, specifically azadiractin. I think I said that right. And then, I, of course, uh, I always love to throw in the terpenes as a major issue as well, because they're just so powerful and such a a less understood part of of the cannabis plant and in our experience in growing and and what it can really do for us when we mix it with cannabinoids and how much more powerful that actually makes them within our own body another big issue is that a lot of people disregard it as a real thing they say that's it's not it's not the weed it's they point to an adulterant, some sort of fertilizer or pesticide that was used, especially if it's been concentrated into some sort of oil and or then used in an edible. Uh, but the truth is that we all know somebody who does not like weed because it makes them sick. They tell us it makes them sick. Just because they don't push themselves to the point where they make themselves violently sick doesn't mean we should disregard it. There are lots of medicines out there that that people don't respond well to. That's just true. And and I, I mean, I feel like this in some ways is is kind of like a gluten intolerance where maybe people could eat gluten for a really long time and it's no problem to them. And then all of a sudden they they develop this gluten intolerance for whatever reason or there are people who were just born with a gluten intolerance. To me, it really seems more like either a cannabinoid or terpene intolerance that causes this hyperemetic syndrome. Now, I really kind of tend to think of the terpenes as the main culprits, and I'll get into a little bit more about why in a second. But first, I kind of want to talk more about this neem oil. Neem oil is an insecticide that is often used on the cannabis plant, even though it shouldn't be from what I understand, or it shouldn't be up to a certain point. I'm not entirely sure. That, that, that's the question that Rasta Jeff, uh, I'm pretty sure, has answered, and I just need to find the right podcast again. Uh, and neem oil poisoning is a real thing. When it comes to toxicity caused by neem oil, the symptoms often mimic the same as the cannabis hyperemesis. There's a lot of vomiting. Um, there's abdominal pain. Uh, but things that are present with the neem oil poisoning that you don't hear about when you hear doctors discussing cannabis and cyclic vomiting is, are, are seizures, encephalitis. Um, those are two things that... Maybe either we need to be looking for, but don't seem to be occurring. 
There seems to be abdominal pain and a lot of vomiting. And these symptoms are relieved or are greatly mitigated by a a warm to hot shower. And so some of the studies that I've read talk about um, how there's this increased bathing and specifically people are saying shower, not not a bath. And I do wonder if it not only has to do with the temperature, but the the sensation on your skin and really trying to to kind of trick your brain into to sensory overload, basically, so that you aren't focused on this this cannabis or terpene intolerance. Uh, but you know, something if you were feeling really ill, and something made you feel better, yeah, you're going to be doing it a lot. And Unfortunately, this is the kicker that really gets most stoners and turns them against it, is that the only way to truly get rid of this, according to every study out there, is to just stop smoking or stop using cannabis on every level. Now, I was listening to uh, another wonderful podcast. There have been so many great podcasts coming out, and I want to talk a little bit more about that in the safety but specifically one podcast with two ladies at the helm, Cannabis Business Minds. And I was listening to an interview that they had done with Dr. Jeffrey Raber, whom you know I am a big fan of. And he gave an excellent interview. And at the end, they brought up this discussion of cannabis hyperemesis. And he he validated its existence. He was like, it 100% exists. Um, And he also mentioned that terpene therapy can also mitigate some of the the unpleasantness associated with being in a hyperemetic state, you know, kind of redirecting the cannabinoids and where they want to go with this experience. Which again, brings me back to maybe this is a little bit more terpene based than simply cannabinoid based. And one of the things that I don't see a lot of in studies or mentioned ever really is whether or not the sufferer was using one cannabis strain, multiple cannabis strains, were they ingesting the same thing? Was it an isolate? Was it terpene rich? There's never really enough good information about their their cannabis ingesting routine to really start to whittle out how to prevent it with cannabis or how to especially allow a patient uh, who who relies on cannabis to, to then be able to use. I mean, I haven't heard of a lot of patients who suddenly can't use cannabis anymore, but I'm sure that it's it's out there. And I wonder if they tried... A very different strain of cannabis, or if they tried an isolate of some form um, that was tailored to their needs, if that might allow them to to continue to use cannabis. I mean, it's just you know, as someone who is always looking for a way to help people integrate cannabis into their lives, this is like a huge, a huge obstacle. The good news is that those I know of who who when they smoke cannabis um, feel really ill. Uh, you know, they, they, they claim that it makes them want to puke. It makes them dizzy. Um, it takes them to an uncomfortable, like, drunk-like state. 
A lot of them can use cannabis if it is CBD dominant, very CBD dominant with very little THC. So it could be a a THC intolerance. Maybe their body is flush with endocannabinoids and they don't need any any spinal tap in the equation, you know, trying to turn it to 11, like, you know, but the potentiality that this is either terpene based and or cannabinoid based shouldn't detract from us also seeing if this is adulterant based, because that is 100% a possibility as well, especially with some of the RSOs that I've seen. Like sometimes it's just really hard to tell and hard to trust people. And all of that also kind of goes back to the whole mess of what fertilizers and, and insecticides, pesticides are really actually too harmful for us to be ingesting this way because smoking these things has not been studied a lot, if at all. So, yeah, um... I've been wanting to do this podcast for a while, but it's been, like I said, really hard to find a lot of solid information that doesn't just kind of repeat the whole the same thing over and over again. And then also, it's hard to know something until you've kind of been in it. Well, I recently had my own experience where I just completely overmedicated and I have never felt so fucking sick in my life off of weed before. When my friend Christine passed away that night, I was talking to uh, another mutual friend of hers or of ours, uh, the friend who introduced us and, um, you know, and, and we were grieving together and, and she was like, smoke a bunch of bowls and you get super fucking high for Christine. And I had taken a, a little square of a punch bar to help me get ready for bed that night is about 25 milligrams. It is a really hefty dose for me. I really wanted to make sure I could get some sleep. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to get super fucking big for Christine. And a couple of days earlier, I had cleaned up my dab rig and I had fished out the little puddle of concentrate that was right there. I mean, it's when you buy really good stuff, It's just activated concentrate, basically. It's the easiest way I know of to activate concentrate. And I love to repurpose it as an edible. And it usually gets me super fucked up with just a tiny little bit. I try and catch just a little blob uh, before it goes into the full chamber. But this time, I had actually been able to get the full glob out of the big chamber it was amazing. I don't even know how I did it, especially because I have a, a jagged neck on my dab rig. So it always gets stuck there. It was, it, it was, I thought serendipity. Uh, and I threw it in a gel capsule, which was a stupid idea because it was soaked in water, but that's what I did with it anyway. And then I threw it in another gel capsule because that one dissolved pretty much immediately. And then I, uh, I had let it sit there for a couple of days and I was like, I'm going to fucking eat that stupid, stupid, stupid idea. The whole glob itself was probably a good minimum half gram. So realistically, we're looking at like 10 times the amount of cannabinoids I normally take on top of all of the added terpenes. I smoke mostly sativas, 
and I took it right before bed, like a dumbass. So when it came time to actually want to be in bed and to sleep, I I didn't want to be in bed, and there was no way I was going to be sleeping. So it's like, okay, take what you know and apply it. And I went out into my kitchen, and I ground some black pepper kernels up, and I inhaled deeply that amazing aroma. And then I also went and grabbed my lavender wand, another amazing aroma. I mean, not to brag, but especially my lavender wand, because it's some sort of like special type of lavender. It's like fresh flowers. Huh? What I'm saying is that within 10 minutes of that kind of aromatherapy on top of it, I was asleep. Now, I and, and I slept like a rock until my alarm went off to feed my cats. Now, I have an alarm just to feed my cats because they got into a routine when I had a desk job and it's like super early and I haven't retrained them because you don't retrain cats. And so I just set an alarm for that early and then I wake up and I feed them and I usually, if I want to, I go back and I always want to, I go back to bed for like another hour or whatever. And when my alarm went off and I woke up and I started to like feed the cats and, and I feed them a can of wet food and I split it between them. And I was standing there at the counter and I was like, oh my God. Like I could tell I was still stoned from the night or from the, the capsule that I had taken when I woke up. I was kind of groggy and kind of like tipsy, but I actually started to get sick. Like my stomach started to knot. My skin started to sweat. My head started to hurt. And I was like, I am hungover right now. Now, to be fair, I had had a couple of drinks that night. So I had that running through my body too, which does not help. The cannabis has a way of just magnifying how bad you can feel sometimes. And that's what it was doing for me. And I was like, okay, this is bad. But this isn't as bad as I have been before in my life. So I breathed through it and I breathed and I breathed. And then I fed my, by the time I was done feeding my cats, I literally ran and jumped into my bed as fast as I could for how sick I felt. And then I just went back to sleep. I was able to to curl up and go back to sleep. Now in the grand scheme of hangovers, I'd give it probably four and a half, five. It was in there. It was a good one. It was a solid hangover. I've had hangovers last days and I've had hangovers and land me in the hospital to be quite frank. So my scale might be a bit more extreme than other people's. But if that is what people feel like just from taking a hit of weed, good God, no, of course, I wouldn't want to fucking smoke any weed anytime ever either. Ugh, that's terrible. And then to be so affected by that, that you actually vomit. In fact, you can't stop vomiting because the cannabinoids are still coursing through your system. Oh, that's terrible. Now, for some people, CBD might actually help counteract all of that. If you're really sensitive to CBD, they could keep the a lot of the same receptors from, from accepting the THC as it flushes out of your system. For some of us, it might be terpene related. And one of the reasons why I'm really clinging on to this terpene thing too is that a lot of the people who develop cannabis hyperemesis are regular cannabis users. 
from what we understand of it. The only reason they've been able to pull out necessarily maybe the cannabis link is that they started compiling stories of regular cannabis users who all had just that in common and the symptoms were all relieved once they were finally willing to put the cannabis down for those who were willing to put the cannabis down. But again, it doesn't say anything about the access that they had. So I don't know if they were growing their own, if they were in a safe access space where they could easily try a bunch of different things and try and tailor it to their needs. Uh, I don't know if they tried terpene therapy at all. But it's absolutely terrifying to think that as a stoner, I might one day, my body would just say, nope, you're medicated enough. Uh, I hope you figured it out because we're done. Thank you. That's terrifying. And I know that all of this is done with the intent that hopefully one day I'm a healthy enough person that I don't need the the cannabis and the cannabinoids. But I don't see the light at the end of that tunnel yet. I don't want that tunnel to fall down on me first. So that was a recent experience that I had with some emesis, certainly not cannabis hyperemesis, uh, and certainly not cannabis hyperemesis syndrome. It was a one-off experience. Oh, in order to uh, to get over it, I, I used some orange essential oil that I had, and that really helped my headache feel a lot better. I think that I was just overwhelmed with THC and it really kind of drags me down and makes me heavy and it makes my head feel like a thousand pound weight and the orange oil really helped lighten all of that up Uh, and then I, I I drank a shit ton of water and had a couple cups of coffee and I felt a lot better what I probably should have done right away was jump into a hot shower but I uh I didn't do that either so that is however the most effective solution from all points, from doctors, from sufferers, and from those who are just interested in the topic like myself. And it's really interesting that around the time that I had that experience, this has been showing up over and over and over for me this week, whether it's friends of mine who are in the medical profession reaching out to me asking me if this is a common thing, um, or my local paper writing a super shitty article telling people that there's this new potent weed and it could totally make you super sick. And if you get it, you need to take a scalding hot shower. Like, what the fuck? You're going to give people fucking second and third degree burns on top of being sick on weed? Like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? No mentions of metabolism, no mention of anything scientifically based, just yellow journalism at its best. And there's definitely going to be a lot more of that while people don't understand it and people see it as an opportunity to scare people away from trying it. If you are very sensitive to cannabis, if you become cannabis intolerant in some point, if you find yourself in a cannabis-induced hyperemetic state, there are natural homeopathic ways to help relieve the symptoms, and there's never been proven to be any long-term damage from having suffered from this. Now, the same could be said about neem oil toxicity, 
that there were no long-term side effects. Though I don't think you often get encephalitis without some sort of side effect or seizures without some sort of side effect. So that might depend on how the symptoms actually presented themselves in your case. Um, But if you've been hearing about people getting sick off of weed and it just being weed, in fact, you know, dedicated stoners suddenly finding themselves unable to to use weed, it is a real thing. Just like gluten intolerance is a real thing. All right, you guys, let's safety. All right. Now, I don't have anything to smoke right now because I'm pretty stoned as it is. And I, uh, I want to talk about a, a strain that I have right now that I, I got that I actually don't want to smoke. And I... I mean, not because it looks bad or smells bad or has a bad effect. It's a strain of gelato and it smells amazing. It is one of the sweetest, best balanced cookie strains I have ever had in my life. But unfortunately, it's not good. It doesn't burn ash. It burns black. And I don't, it just makes me super sad I guess the only thing I can really think of is that it wasn't flushed right, but it smells so on point. It smells so clean. I don't get it. I don't get it. And normally the source is a really trusted source. So I'm just wondering if if something wrong happened. Uh, I don't know. I got to talk to him about it. So in the meantime, I just smell the jar and use that for aromatherapy. I got it in a jar. Let it smell up nice and sweet. The sweets are so good for body pain and relaxation. And that was supposed to be my indica. And now I have to go get a new indica. Oh, well. Another thing that I wanted to talk about were all the amazing podcasts that are coming out. Um, I want to give big props to Cannabis Health Radio for just crushing it day after day. This last week, they had a couple guests bounce out on them, and they didn't have any content to post in the latter half of the week. And I was like, why? And uh, and they told me, and I was like, well, you were missed at least. So keep listening to your Cannabis Health Radio, and if you can, support them. Some other amazing podcasts, Cannabis Business Minds, again, I, I really enjoy just the quality of the content on that one. Blunt Business is another one that I've been listening to. CBD Radio is one that I've checked out, uh, as well as Stoner. Let's see here. Uh, The Marijuana Solution is one that I recently got into. And I think I've mentioned investing in cannabis before, but I'm going to mention them again. Investing in cannabis. The Lyft Expo was recently, so I'm keeping my fingers crossed and eagerly awaiting a new drop on that podcast sometime in the future. Pretty, pretty, please. And then before we go, I'm going to get up on my soapbox and get blunted. One last blunt moment. Can someone just make a fucking cannabis-infused deodorant slash antiperspirant already so I don't have to freak out every time I use mine and or feel a little tingling in my armpit? Yeah? Okay? Thanks. I really appreciate it. I mean, it just seems so sensical. Everybody's worried about it. 
If you have a cannabis-infused deodorant, like, I would buy it. I just told you I would buy it. Do you know how many people would buy it just for the cancer prevention potentiality? Yeah. Cannabis-infused antiperspirant. Get on it, you guys. And not a lavender scent. I don't, that, lavender's great for my nose. Not great on my pits. Is that TMI? No, that was R&D, baby. All right, you guys. I hope you're having an amazing weekend this weekend. I'm going to Universal Studios tomorrow. So excited. Harry Potterland. I'm a big geek. Check out my website. While I'm gone, I'm going to have links to different articles on the cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome, different studies, things like that. As always, my Amazon affiliate link is on there under the shop slash support section if you would like to support the Spliff podcast for putting all of this kind of information out there. All I have to do is shop on Amazon by following the link that I provide for you and a portion of your, your purchase is donated to helping me pay for the website so that we can host all of this content for you to access anytime via the spliffpodcast.com. Also in Apple Podcast and also on Stitcher. And then I have a rotating selection on SoundCloud. Find me on Facebook or Instagram, the Spliff Podcast, or you can find me as Bo Nellis if you just want to be friends. And I'm on Twitter at Spliff Podcast. All right, you guys, you know I love it when you token. Have a magical wizarding weekend. I'll catch you next week. Thanks for spliffing it. Ciao for now.